Hello and welcome to the Soil and Sunshine Wellness Podcast. I'm Adrienne Wood, holistic nutritionist and Koya teacher at SoilAndSunshine.com, where I help women practice nature-centered eating, intuitive movement, and deep mindfulness to be wise, wild, and free. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Um, I am going to be talking about um, after-dinner eating, which is a problem that I have not had before, and it's a problem now. Um, uh, we, we are about a year and a half into quarantine at this point, and it has been incredibly stressful, and the stress has only increased um, as quarantine has gone on. And at this point, I can't remember the last time I was this stressed. Um, everything is going on at once. It's kind of on all fronts at the same time. And I've been doing a lot more um, emotional and addictive eating during quarantine than I have in the past. Um, and, you know, when, when we step back and think about it, this makes sense, right? Because... Eating is a coping mechanism that, you know, we, we've had all of our lives. And so when we have a big impact of stress, we fall back on that. Um, and when the stress is small, it's easier to use newer techniques. Um, so... You know, if if you've been working on, um, you know, using uh, using other techniques like meditation, um, like exercise, uh, different ways of addressing stress. But if the stress is large, then it it's kind of beyond what some of those new skills might be able to handle. And so we automatically fall back on older skills that might not be as well adapted, um, which in this case is emotional and addictive eating. So I thought that because I know that I am not the only person in this situation, um, it might be helpful to kind of unpack what's going on and what. I'm planning on doing to address the issue. Um, so first of all, I know that what it means when I'm doing this emotional and addictive eating is that there's a biological need that's unmet. Um, I have not suddenly become a person with no willpower because in other areas of my life, I still function really well. Um, you know, I am intelligent. I am driven. I am mature. This hasn't changed. Um, what's changed is the situation. Um, and so I need to acknowledge that, you know, it's not that I'm not trying hard enough. It's that the situation is different. Um, and it's a biological need. Um, even in something like this where it's stress-based, 
we are biological beings. We are fundamentally animals and our bodies respond to the stress. And so it is a biological drive that's pushing us to be eating more, eating differently, eating in a different way or eating in an old way. So it's biological. It's a need that is unmet. The other thing that is important is that I need to put a support framework in place before I change what I'm eating, or I need to make sure that that change is a supportive thing. Um, if I say, well, I'm just not going to eat after dinner anymore, but I don't change anything else, I'm relying on willpower, and willpower will always lose against a biological drive. Um, because your body is fundamentally going to keep you alive and the body is convinced that this eating is necessary. So if you take that away without putting anything else in place, then the, the body is going to freak out and is going to be pushing, pushing, pushing even harder to do the after dinner eating. And eventually the body's going to win. Your brain, your mind is not going to win against the body because the body wants to survive and it will do anything to survive. So we need to make sure that we're not depending on willpower, but we're putting systems into place to address the need. Um, Jillian Riley uh, has a phrase that I think is helpful uh, where she says it's the addictive desire to eat. Um, she kind of steps out of the argument of, you know, can food be an addiction? Um, is this real? Is this not? Um, and just acknowledges that it is a, it acts like an addiction in a lot of ways. And so we can look at it in that framework. And so you'll hear me say um, addictive eating or an addictive desire to eat um, because it acts in that way. For me, um, it's very much this out of control eating that I can see what's going on, I can't control it. Um, and if you start looking at it from that lens of addiction, it makes a lot more sense. Um, it seems odd because we're not used to thinking of it in this way. Um, but if you start examining it from that way and treating it in that way um, as an addictive desire to eat, then some things make a lot more sense and the way that we address it changes as well. So then we take a look and see, has anything changed? Um, be it in the environment, um, am I eating differently? Or did I start, did I shift my eating patterns before this started or around the same time that this after dinner eating started? Um, 
what what changed. Um, so I know that the stress level has been ramping up this summer. I'm recording this in August of 2021. Uh, three months ago, my mother-in-law broke her hip, which had a cascade effect of a whole bunch of things. It impacted us quite a bit and the workload that we have. Um, but that happened three months ago and the after dinner eating is more recent. So that, you know, the, the stress level is a contributing factor, but I don't think that is something that really, um, that really triggered this eating. Um, what I have noticed is that I've been eating less protein in general, and I think less protein earlier in the day. I also have been terrible about including vegetables the last week or so, um, because the last couple of grocery orders I've had, um, the people that pull the order have not made good choices about the vegetables they included. They were not in good shape. And so I've ordered less vegetables as a result because I don't want to have to deal with things that are substandard. So I've kind of allowed less vegetables into our meals. Um, I had the intention to go to the farmer's market. I did not actually go to the farmer's market because I was doing other things because there's a lot going on. Um, so that is a change. Um, less vegetables, which means less fiber, and I've had less protein. Um, I know for a fact that for me, protein is super, super important. Um, protein is a what I call a keystone food. Um, if I don't get enough protein, everything kind of goes to hell in a handbasket. Um, I know that it affects me emotionally. It affects my addictive eating because I'm more likely to be eating addictively. Um, protein is what our body makes hormones and neurotransmitters out of. And so when we are eating less protein or eating protein that's less available to us, um, we are not necessarily creating the hormones and neurotransmitters that we need to function effectively. Um, so for me, and for many, many, many people, um, my mental health is dependent on getting enough protein. Um, the, the interesting thing that um, is the side effect of increasing the amount of protein that I eat is that my hair and nails are a lot healthier. Um, before I bumped up my protein, my fingernails wouldn't break, they would bend because they were thin and weak. Um, and now my nails will break because they are healthier. Um, so that ha having my hair and nails be healthier um, is kind of my, the, the support um, that I've seen for 
increasing that protein or increasing the protein intake that I have. Um, so I know that this has been one of the changes. I've had less protein, less fiber, less vegetables. So probably what I need to be doing is getting back to the habits that I know are supportive, um, which is making sure that I am getting protein over the course of the day um, because that makes me feel better. So the support structure, the support framework that I put in place is going to be increasing the protein and fiber that I eat. Um, because protein and fiber are what trigger biochemically our feelings of satiety and fullness, when we feel satiety, um, we're feeling satisfaction from our meal. And so the drive to be eating is less. Um, it, it actually goes away. So that, that sense where you get up from the table and then you sort of wander over into the kitchen and open up the fridge and look inside, you're not looking for something particular, you just don't feel like the meal is complete. Um, that's what happens when you have a lack of satiety. And that's kind of what's going on with my after-dinner eating. Um, to some extent, I'm hungry, but I'm also not satisfied by my meal. And that's another clue that it's a protein issue, largely. Um, and I need to be going back to having more protein. Um, I also want to take a look at whether anything specific is triggering the eating. Um, there are some foods that I know will trigger this addictive desire to eat and trigger this out of control eating. Um, I'm more likely to eat that way when I am eating wheat. I'm more likely to eat that way when I have sugar in my diet. Um, specific foods like cashews, I can eat almonds reasonably. I can't eat cashews reasonably. Um, so I, I'm looking to see if I'm including those foods, you know, if, if I'm eating those foods more. And, you know, sure enough, I've been eating more wheat. Um, I've been having a bit more sugar. So I want to take a look at that as well. So then I'll figure out what my plan is going forward. Um, and there's a couple key ideas as I'm figuring out this plan. Um, I practice systems, not willpower. So the plan is never going to be just eat less or just don't do it um, because that's not appropriate for our biology. That's not how we function. We need to have a system in place so willpower doesn't even come into it. Um, we also need to have compassionate commitment where, yes, I'm committed to this plan, but I am not being a dictator about it. I'm being compassionate. I'm doing this out of love for myself. 
and love for my body instead of driving myself against my own desires. Okay? So I hold compassionate commitment for myself and I trust in systems and not willpower. So because we are so rooted in our bodies, the body is what we are addressing um, as we're figuring out this plan. I know for me, and again for many, many people, um, having nurturing movement in my day is incredibly supportive for getting myself rooted in my body, um, kind of get out of my mind, and feeling the sensations of my body. For me, that is my Koya practice. Um, that is my intuitive movement practice. That is, you know, this um, intuitive dancing that I do theoretically every day. But again, have I been doing that? Hmm. I haven't been doing that because I've allowed the stress to edge out these, you know, quote unquote, inessential activities, which really aren't inessential. They just have a longer time frame of where they're impacting me. So I've let my Koya practice slip and that has increased my stress and made me feel worse. So the first thing I need to be doing, and actually I've started doing this already, is to put this supportive, nurturing movement back into my everyday. I need to go back to my Koya practice and be practicing intuitive movement where I'm letting my body guide me and focusing on movements that feel good. And I need to be doing that every single day. And then the other part of my supportive framework is to be eating protein as well as fiber throughout the day um, when, when I'm focusing on dealing with afternoon overeating or out of control eating in the afternoon, um, I focus particularly on pro getting protein at lunch so that I can feel satisfied in the afternoon. Um, for after dinner eating, for me, what I've noticed is that I've, I'm not being conscious about when I'm eating meals. And so I can't just focus on protein at dinner. I need to focus on protein at the rest of the day. So I need to, I'm planning on having protein at breakfast and protein at lunch. Um, I include protein and vegetables um, with both those meals. Um, which is kind of a switch from how we do things traditionally in the United States. Um, pro or breakfast, rather, is often a very carb and sugar heavy meal, which I have learned many, many years ago does not work for me at all. That is an excellent way to throw, out my, throw, throw off my eating for the rest of the day and beyond. Um, so having a good nutritious breakfast good nutritious lunch, which includes protein. For me, that needs to be animal protein. Um, 
that is the most satisfying, satiating for me. And then with that set up, it's easier to be eating the protein and vegetables at dinner. And that is what's going to allow me to be fully satisfied so that I don't have that drive to eat after dinner. So that's how I go through and think about this after dinner eating. I'm not going to be relying on willpower um, because it's not a lack of willpower. It's a biological need that's unmet. So I put my supportive framework in place, which allows my eating to change naturally. Um, if I have my framework in place, then the eating falls into place. If I don't have the framework, which is the situation I'm in right now, then the eating is out of control. It's this addictive desire to eat that I am not able to control. So I will follow my plan. I will be including nurturing intuitive movement in my day. I will be eating protein and fiber at every single one of my meals. And in a couple weeks, I'll report back and uh, talk about how that worked. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave a review so that other people can find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you tomorrow.